0: welcome to the Authentic Healthpreneur podcast. My name is Mirendi Leverett, healthpreneur, business strategist and intuitive, and I will be your host. In this podcast series, I will be interviewing female healthpreneurs and sharing their amazing, inspiring and motivating stories about how they started their own health business. Listen to how some of these beautiful women have overcome barriers or adversity to create their own unique health business and thrive. These women are not making millions of dollars or dominating the world, but they are certainly making a difference to their clients' lives and living their true purpose of serving and helping others in need. Also in this podcast, I will be sharing hints and tips on how to be a successful healthpreneur whilst remaining authentic when starting and running a health business. This podcast aims to inspire, motivate and educate you on all you need to know about starting, growing and pivoting in a business as a health clinician. This podcast is available to subscribe and download via Anchor, Spotify, iTunes and Google Podcast. So remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Authentic Healthpreneurs. I am so excited today to introduce to you Meredith Woolsey. She is an exercise physiologist based in South Australia and her business has moved to live.
1: Welcome, Meredith. Hi, Mirandy. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you. And for those listeners, of course, many of you will know I've been in the exercise physiology industry for 25 years and I have to say I've never met Meredith before in my life. So I'm absolutely <laughs> floored. <laughs>
1: Somehow
0: have, we missed each other. <laughs> I know, but like we were saying before, you're in South Australia. I literally know one EP in South Australia and he was a lecturer. So that's probably why I kind of I don't know, some reason I just have connections along the east coast of Australia and WA
1: and nowhere else. So oh, you gotta you gotta get into the middle <laughs> bit, right? That's <laughs> where all the good stuff
0: is. I know the wine region, and you know, I've been to South Australia a few times for ESSA conferences and other business meetings. But anyway, I'm just excited to have you because I guess having you come on and share your own journey as a business owner, healthpreneur, but I guess also for our listeners, um, I personally feel, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, South Australia is a bit of an anomaly for exercise physiologists because I know, because I used to sit on the ESSA board and helped out quite a lot. You guys, I don't know if you can let me know if this is still happening, but, you know, you were not being remunerated very much for doing work in the workers' compensation schemes and, you know, all that insurance stuff. Apparently, EPs were pretty much non-existent in South Australia for the insurance area. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's very much correct. So particularly when I was a student, so I was on the SS State committee as like a student rep, I remember the committee writing the letters to what was then work cover essay and now it's return to work essay Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah we were considered gym providers Um, (laughs) oh gosh it's just like a slap in the face Um, personal trainers and gym providers don't do amazing work but it's not quite what we were doing Um, and so we were getting like 50 bucks or something yeah it was something insane yeah so very hard work was done by that As a state chapter, a lot of pushing, Um, and now luckily with both the motor vehicle accident insurance and the return to work SA, as it's now called, insurance, we do get still not what physios or dieticians or psychologists get as, Uh, and of course you know the wonderful world of GST, Um, but it's certainly more than a gym provider, and we're certainly (laughs) seeing a lot more now. And we have some lovely EPs who are actually working with Return to Work SA as an organisation who are working very hard to improve mm. the use of EPs and improve the referral rate and the quickness of referrals to EPs, yeah. like through doctors and other health professionals and getting them us really established in return to work, I say, because obviously we're really good at getting people, particularly with musculoskeletal injuries, but also with psychological injuries back to work as quickly mm. as possible. It's what we're good at. So yeah, yeah. No,
0: I do remember, yeah, the state chapter reaching out to myself and a few other members because I was also on the Queensland State Chapter Board. Um, I can't remember now. It'd have to be maybe 15 years ago, maybe a bit more, where we as a state chapter were quite um, gun ho and got ourselves on parity with physios and OTs and other health oh, professionals wow. on um, Work Cover Queensland. So I know a few... Various chapters around Australia were headhunting us to ask us, Oh, well, you know, how did you how do did it? You what did you know do? It. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're always willing to share, but it's so, it's just so difficult that, you know, but it's a common thing being in Australia. And for those who are listening from overseas, going, What is this strange concept? In Australia, every state does things differently. We are not a united country at all. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. What you get paid in WA is different to what you get paid in New South Wales versus Victoria. There's just no continuity of fees across, yeah, the states, which I don't know if will ever happen. But thank you for enlightening us. So you're here today to share your own journey of becoming an exercise physiologist and being a healthpreneur. So of course, we know you're an exercise physiologist, but I guess what made you choose your profession?
1: Uh, Sure. Well, what I, I'll just take a second to say that I'm coming today from Ghana land, um, which is the original owners of our uh, area here at the Adelaide Plains. Um, And also, I like to take a moment if it's okay to just declare some of my privileges, because obviously not everyone has all the same privileges. So, No,
0: go right ahead. Thank you.
1: Yeah, so I'm white and cis and straight and pretty able-bodied and in a straight-sized body and highly educated and all of those things that come with a lot of privileges. Uh, and so I always just like to state those because I'm obviously not an expert in everything and in having lived experience with those things um, before we, you know, go off on tangents and talk about things. So that's me. Thank um, you. And what was what was the question? <laughs> why, why I wanted to be an EP. That's right. What that made
0: What made you become an EP? Yes.
1: (laughs) Well, it was a bit of a roundabout journey. I actually wanted to be an astronaut of all the things.
0: Okay, so not even health related at all. Uh, There you go. Totally.
1: No clue it it even existed was a massive space nerd, then discovered I was incredibly terrible at maths. (laughs) <laughs> Real bad luckily I only have to count to about 20 as an EP so that's good um, so and I also got glandular fever so I really flunked out at uni trying to do sciencey nerdy things
0: yeah um
1: and so that wasn't so great so I went to TAFE or it's called polytech sometimes depending on where you are in the world and I was doing a diploma in fitness and I was going to go become an uh outdoor ed teacher which was my second love after nerdy things um but we had an exercise physiologist shout out to Fiona Belton (laughs) she happens to be listening (laughs) Um, (laughs) And present to us in our diploma in fitness about how to refer on when it wasn't appropriate for us to be working with people. And I was like, ooh, I wanna do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fun. so much more fun so much more fun than <laughs> sleeping outside in a tent which with a bunch of teenagers on a school camp um which is the plan <laughs> I remember myself on PU camp I can tell you <laughs> yeah, so that was how I found out about exercise physiology um and so I changed tack a little bit and did human movement to do EP instead of to do outdoor ed and had my own first EP experience when I managed to do a real good job of jacking my back up a week before I started my first year of human movement. And so I went to the UDSA student clinic and saw the EPs and got some lived experience of having an injury. Um, and that pretty much cemented that I thought it was a good plan. And so haven't really looked back since.
0: Oh my gosh, so amazing. So I guess you are the pre-clinical exercise physiology degree. You're the one of like myself came through when it was called human movement
1: science and people were
0: going what are you gonna be PE teacher
1: no (laughs) only just so I just missed out on only needing to do three years okay I I did a human movement degree so a three year but then I think it was the year before or two years before I graduated that's when Essa flipped it and so I had to do the grad dip on top of that so I actually it was that roundabout way so I did two years of biomedical science two years of TAFE and then four years of EP wow to pop out an EP at the end but it was all great learning which was Oh,
0: totally you can't yeah you know you can't um discount any learning you've done along the way that is so cool so I guess then the next question is how did you get started in the industry like was it hard when you, gra- well, well, should I ask when you
1: graduated or do you not want to share uh, I'll look at my certificate to remind me. March 2014, apparently. I <laughs> oh, <laughs> still young. What am I talking
0: about? I graduated in the 90s. So. Yeah, so, still, <laughs> so, uh, still
1: yeah.
0: so I guess still in the 2010s, there were a lot more job opportunities compared to when I graduated.
1: This is true. Yeah, you're not wrong, and the and the title exercise physiology did actually exist by the time I graduated. Medicare was a thing, you know. Yes. Like, so, still in its early days, but was uh, at least an option. I was a graduating class of nine. Um, oh so wow! Nine oh, but that was people, a grad dip,
0: though, wasn't
1: it? Not was. everyone
0: would have gone on to do their final year. Yeah.
1: Right. So, in the grad dip, we had nine uh, graduate. Um, from UNISA, um, and of which people have gone in various directions, including PhDs and business owners and kicking butt in aged care and a whole Thank bunch you. of different things, which is really cool. Um, and so a lot of people, as they do still today, got their jobs from placements. So it very much depends on your yeah. placement role, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And there weren't a whole lot of jobs going in South Australia yeah. uh, at the time. So I went and worked in a small privately owned clinic that was quite Pilates based. Uh, and I also took a second job as well to work part time for somebody else for their um, clinic. Uh, I quit the Pilates based one after a little while, just differences of life and opinions. Uh, and then in the end, the other person decided that they were going to shut their business. They didn't want it anymore. And they were basically like, well, what are you going to do the clients? <laughs> and I was like, oh, crikey. Yeah. All right. I guess I'll do that. And <laughs> that's my business was born.
0: <laughs> so actually, I think you're the first person I've interviewed who actually was asked by their boss, hey, I, I want to sell this or I want to move on and do other things you want to take over the business. So. That's yeah. amazing. So, I guess was there much thought about it or you just went, "Hell yeah, let's let's just jump in feet first and see what happens."
1: Um, I did try to um convince them to sell it to someone else so I could still <laughs> have a job. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I just want a job." Yeah, uh, yeah. And they were like, "Look, unless you take it, it's not happening." Um,
0: so, uh, so what did you feel like you were pinned to a corner? Like, did you ever feel like you would be a business I, owner or you just felt-
1: I, I always wanted to own my own clinic okay. um, and I you know had this vision in my head of a multidisciplinary clinic where all of these people that didn't quite fit anywhere else could come to and we would be this amazing space for them and all that sort of stuff like I always had that in my brain yeah And my best friend since I was two is like an eating disorder specialist dietitian um, you know, non-diet dietitian. And so we're, mm. I was always like, I want to do it with you. and But I wasn't expecting to do it a year out of uni. I was like, in five years, in 10 years. That's yes, what
0: I, you so. had like a plan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: like my parents owned a small business for as long as I was alive. So I was very used to that concept. Um, yeah. And as my mother very delicately says, she's like, oh, I think you need to be captain of your own ship, Meredith. Yeah. <laughs> which I think really means you don't play well with others, Meredith.
0: <laughs> that is so true. Some of us, well, personally, everyone knows about me, but I'm the same. Like, yeah, I, after starting my own business, I don't think I could ever go back to working for someone else. I've just, no. um, I like calling the shots and saying, no, nope, we're going to do this. Or I hate government bureaucracy, you know, the red tape. You want to do something and you're like, no, nope, we don't have the money or no, nope, we can't do it because of X, Y, Z. And you're like,
1: but why why can't we do it why
0: i should be able to just start doing it what are you talking about (laughs)
1: yes i think it would be it would have to be a very 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 special position for me to um give up the clinic i think um of which i don't think very many exist so yeah i think we're a bit spoiled now yeah make all the decisions and choose choose all the directions you want to go so it's a bit tricky um so yeah it was a bit of a I guess I'll jump in feet first situation and I didn't really have a lot to lose in terms of it was mainly my time and my pride that I was putting yeah. on the line my yeah. boss was incredibly generous and basically was just like I just don't she kept her name and I chose move to live and made a new logo and did all those sort of things um and so but basically gave it to me as goodwill of
0: oh wow that is amazing and I guess yeah. that's the other thing though you didn't really have to start something from scratch you've literally been handed a business and you've just got to keep it
1: yeah it momentum was bit, going it was in a bit of a sad state
0: yeah um, okay. it had
1: been run that's why off. she gave it to you <laughs> it yeah. wasn't Which worth it anything lot. I totally respect knowing what you want and what you don't want. And she was like, I'm good. It had been run by people who I think were not maybe on top of it quite so much for a little while. Um, It had three locations. I took that to two and then I took it to one um, because it was just too far. And I ended up having to move um, premises to where I am now because I had a bit of a, I'd inherited a bit of a handshake deal. Oh, um, I love those! Oh my yeah. gosh, they <laughs> really grown until they're not, and then the person whose handshake was on the other end changed, and suddenly I didn't really have a premises anymore. Yeah. Um. So I had to find a new place. So yeah, it all, that all happened in about a four to six month period, and so I have one client from that time. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so he's my longest standing client, and not that you meant to have favorites, but he's my favorite. <laughs> um, <laughs> We just won't tell anyone. <laughs> no, I tell him all the time because I love him. Um, so it was it's incredibly different. It, it's nothing like what it was. Um, so it's
0: morphed and evolved. So how long ago was that? How long ago did you take over this business?
1: Uh, so I've been in this location, which is where I really consider the, cl- the clinic or the business starting from I've been here yeah. it was seven years in February so
0: wow was,
1: yeah so it was the August before then that I mm-hmm. took it over but that was just higgledy piggledy and
0: yeah yeah
1: round in yeah. circles and different so I really consider it from that point that I opened the doors where I am now yeah and that was the that was the real leap because that was the lease. yeah that you signing a a contract and
0: yeah yeah there's no running by the seat of your pants month by month type thing wow amazing I'm so excited Mm. to have you as a guest today because your story is so unique and different and um yeah I'm so grateful for you sharing so I guess then what are your positives of running your own business being your own boss
1: well you get to make all the decisions (laughs) of course um, but the negative is that you have to make all the decisions. Yeah, there's no one else to talk to. Yeah, yeah, and there's... Oh, can there's someone no... else
0: make this choice for me? I don't want to.
1: Yeah, like decision fatigue is real. Like, yeah. Like when I get home and my partner's just like, what do you want for dinner? I'm like, I want for you to not talk to me. <laughs>
0: I know you've been talking to clients all day. I just need quiet, please. Yeah, and
1: my love language is now please make choices for me. <laughs> <laughs> what so, do you want for dinner?
0: You choose.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's also amazing like you know I get to take the clinic in whatever way I want. I get to do whatever PD I want. We can start, you know, whatever sort of programs we want. I can, you know, the clinic the clinic values and my personal values because I get to call all the shots, which is yeah. really cool. so we can be really targeted in how we want the whole thing to run and what we want to do and things like that. Yeah, um, yeah. So I love that. Like, I love that part about it. And I think that's probably what I'm really spoiled with that concept of if I went somewhere else, it's that real, oh, this is your KPI or this is the thing that we care about, or this is the way I want you to talk to clients or even, you know, this is the way I want you to dress or and I am like Yes. Hey, I really want to wear Lululemon all the time. Like, no, I <laughs> does want to wear Lululemon all the time, but I just don't want to. So, no,
0: no, that is so true, so true. Like, depending on who your employer is, but you know, if you want to implement something or do something a particular way, you have to get permission, or you have to, you know, say this is what I want to do and get the approval. Yeah, yeah. So totally, and
1: potentially through two or three different levels. Of approval and cost yeah. and everything, <laughs> like that, you know, escalate
0: whereas, escalate nothing. And while
1: no, I might not be able to implement the thing that I decide to do straight away, because you know I don't necessarily have a humongous pot of cash, for example, that I have yeah. to, yeah. but I can be like, well, we're doing that, and then that's decided, and then we get to do it. Like that's yeah, really there's exciting. no hurdles. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's really nice. So I think that that's probably my main positive um, of it and just getting to see the impact that the clinic makes like see getting to see the whole impact of it I think because you've you know as the business owner you've got your finger in all the pies (laughs) I suppose totally so so yeah you get to see it a bit more rather than potentially you know look there's certainly positives to turning up doing your job and going home
0: Mm.
1: but also you know, there's a lot of positives to really getting to see some of those changes that you get to make or seeing the cool things you've done around the place. And, you know, oh, that didn't look like that before. And oh, we didn't used to do it that way. And now we do. And isn't that better? So yeah. the cool-,
0: cool. So you did touch on one negative thing about running your own business. Is there anything else that you hate or find difficult with running your own business?
1: Um, I think, Especially with, I know we weren't going to talk about COVID, but especially with
0: COVID, we can talk about the c word, <laughs> the c word,
1: um, just to bring up, you know, our or let's face it, collective trauma about COVID, yeah. um, the decision fatigue of that sort of stuff, and having to, for one of a better phrase, having to adult, and you, you are always the competent adult. Mm. Like there, there is no alternative. Mm. So you have to make the decisions on behalf of your clients. Obviously, not in terms of body autonomy and things like that, but in terms of do we wear masks? Do we not wear masks? What- yeah, the
0: health and safety oh, side we- of things. It took it to another level. Like we were, what treated to be treating our clinics like hospitals. And we're like, where the hospital? Why do we need to have all of these mm. procedures in place? And it's just gonna scare us our staff our clients and oh, just add another element of stress to our yeah. day isn't
1: it so those sort of things trying to keep up with changes in things um and and for me like i'm a i'm a generalist really by trade like i i think i'm really good at the nothing to something and i run a weight neutral size inclusive clinic but really i'm a generalist so yeah Trying to keep up with everything and being on top of everything. There is not enough time to do mm. PD. And there's yeah. not enough money to do PD. No. Um, I could I could burn through hundreds of thousands of dollars and I still would never feel like I'm good enough and I don't yeah. know enough things. And I now have staff, which is wonderful, but also awesome. very, very new and strange experience for me. But again, with them, I am the deferrer to. And as you said, like really I'm a baby. Like I'm I'm only 34. Like I haven't been doing it for 30 years.
0: No. So
1: being that person that you're like, oh man, you've I'm the safety net. Yeah. So that I suppose is the thing that I can sometimes sometimes the overwhelm gets to me with that a little yeah. bit. Um, yeah. but in general, I'd say I really, I'd say I really enjoy it. Um, apart from the fact that I honestly, I really hate paperwork, but I do an EP issue. I'm like, oh,
0: I know, I know. Yeah. That's yeah. the only thing the PTs have over us is no paperwork.
1: <laughs> I'd love to not have paperwork. I don't want to write another report. I don't just, just approve the funding. Just do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, things like that, mm. but um that's why I have an admin person to not reports obviously she doesn't do that but she does all my billing for me which is yeah
0: yeah, yeah she takes some of the load off so I guess you know you uh, touched on it just before but I guess you know you've now got staff so this is a whole new element not only you know and I talk about this to a lot of people you know we're health clinicians we're not trained in business unless you were mm. lucky enough to do a double degree and then again employing staff's just a whole other element. You then become a leader, a manager, and you've got to learn how to deal with staff and conflict and, you yeah. know, humans. pushback. Yeah. yeah. they <laughs> are... that aren't clients who you're telling what to do. These people yeah. have got their own ideas.
1: <laughs> yeah. They're fully fledged humans who have thoughts and feelings and hopes and dreams, and you need to take that into account and you need to help to cultivate that and, Provide them with structure and provide them with resources. And I really wanted to create for my staff the job that I wish someone had created for me.
0: Awesome. Yeah.
1: I feel like hopefully, hopefully, they would agree with me. (laughs) Mostly have. But actually, that's something I've really struggled with since having staff, but to my own detriment. So I have given my staff all the considerations that I never give to myself. And that has been a very hard lesson that I realised at the end of last year. My my EP, so I have one EP and one admin person who does uh, a couple of, one or two days a week. And my beautiful EP plays in the um, State League of Netball here. And so I'm like, that is your second career. You need to go to training. You need (laughs) to go to games. We need to make sure that you're okay for your career. So, you know, you get to work part-time and you what PD do you want to do and I'll pay for you to go and here's all yeah. your mentoring and here's all this and all these amazing things. And it was when she, and she wasn't doing any out-of-hours work and I was doing all of it. Yeah, yeah. And it was when she was like, so I'm going to go to South Korea in 2023 and I really want to go to South Korea. And something in my brain kind of broke and I went, oh, my God, I've given you my life. <laughs> oh, my Uh uh-oh, and I realised that I'd given her all these amazing things, which I desperately want to do, but I hadn't put myself in a position to have those amazing things. So we are fixing that now.
0: Awesome. Sometimes (laughs) you have to do that in order to realise what you're missing out on.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. So thinking back to when you first started out on your own, what do you wish you had have known then that you know now?
1: (laughs) You don't like paperwork, Meredith, and you have to make a system. (laughs) Um, To get, honestly, to get better habits and being on top of all that crap that you just have to do as part of it. Yeah, that
0: you want to avoid, yeah. Yeah,
1: like I am... Blessed with a brain that was pretty good for a really long time at getting away with doing things like not maybe writing the best notes ever um, yeah. and so because I could remember it all, but now I'm in terrible habits and I refuse to let my e p get into those habits like, yeah
0: you exactly you'll
1: be on top of it and you won't be stressed by your number of letters and stuff like that so making sure that things like that are done from the beginning um mm. is certainly something that I would. Say. Um, yeah, honestly, I think that would be my big thing. Um, like, you know, systems and stuff, it doesn't yeah, have to systems. be perfect, but not not everything in your brain. If it like when my admin first started, like I had to block out a whole day to teach her how to use the computer and yeah. how to use I use Halaxi, how to use Halaxy. Yeah uses Clinico somewhere else and how to do this and how to do that like if that was written down I probably only would have to block out one hour yeah and if you calculate how much that is plus how much I had to pay her that's a butt ton of money Mm. like you know so especially when you're first starting when you're first getting those little things so having those things written down or um, things that I've heard people do are things like record a video of you doing the thing. And then you have like yes. a of videos. Yeah. There's a voice memo. Like, I don't care. But just all those sort of things, that is your prep for having staff. And if you are at the point where you need staff, you do not have time to make those things. Yeah. You need to make those things when you're sitting, twiddling, your thumbs going, why don't I have enough clients? Yeah. <laughs> that is the time. To work through those things if you just write down or record somehow one procedure or policy a week mm. by the end of the year you have 52 policies or procedures
0: yeah yeah and
1: I and I knew all of that I knew it in my heart of hearts and I could yeah. articulate it to people but I did not get to it just due yeah. to life circumstances and stresses and all that sort of stuff it just never happened and now I get to pay my beautiful admin to do all of those things.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally.
1: So that our next hire is much easier. But yeah, that is that is the big thing that I would say to people is all of that sort of stuff. As much as it's a pain in the ass when you're by yourself and tiny and it seems irrelevant, it's actually not because needs no. creep up on you so quickly and you'll be drowning and you'll need to hire someone and then you're like, I have nothing set up for this. Yeah at all. yeah and
0: and that's so true but I don't think you know it's a bad thing like okay I've got an admin person now i going to set up procedures the same thing mm. happened to me I the reason I had to set up a procedures manual was because I was going off to have a baby yep. and I had like I can't remember how many people I had at that time I think I had three EPs a massage therapist admin person so yeah that was my task for the nine months I was pregnant to get the procedures manual done and dusted. And, you know, that was back before you've got things like Loom where you can record yourself doing something Mm -hmm. or even the thought of voice recording and then transcribing. That was before all those days. I literally had to sit there myself and go, okay, what's required for this task? (laughs) And that was before as well. Um, You know, I think that was the really early days of online case manager programs. Mm. um or oh, actually I don't think they were because I still remember the piles of files everywhere the so never ending the and then that when you know online case manager came in it made your life a little bit easier but yeah that is perfect advice to people is yeah start even though if it's just you start yeah recording or writing down what each task involves you doing and then you know when the time comes you've got literally a draft procedures manual there
1: (laughs) definitely it doesn't have to be perfect it's not about it being perfect yeah just hard because I think generally if you're a person who's like I want to start a business you're probably a bit of a perfectionist because otherwise you're not going to do it
0: yeah yeah
1: (laughs) but um just getting it out of your brain so Mm. that you're not the keeper of the keys.
0: No, that's right.
1: Um, otherwise you are you you become a bottleneck.
0: Yeah.
1: um in your own clinic. And I used to think that me succeeding was me doing everything. Yeah. And now I am attempting to reframe that to me succeeding is me having enough money to pay someone else to do things.
0: Well, they say that, you know, if you can pay someone else at a low, a lesser rate to do something that one you hate doing or two you have difficulty doing you know, it's going to take them less time versus you, it's probably worth it. Yeah. You know? But it is, it's, it's it's your baby and you're so used to doing things your way. It is hard to start handing things over. But once you do, you're like, why did I do this earlier?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I could never not have an admin person now.
0: Mm. It's,
1: it's it's wrecked me in that way. I'll never not yeah. have one because um, I would refuse to go back to... Sending my own invoices—that's awful. Uh, Oh,
0: totally. Give it to someone else. Yeah, but it's still
1: a struggle for me to let go of things. Like it's a constant work in progress for me to let go of of tasks. Um, and you know, I want to make sure that my staff have values that align with the clinic, and they understand what the clinic's values are because that needs to be front-facing and it needs to be consistent. Yeah. Oh, so you know really really coming to terms with what your values are personally professionally and then what you want your clinic to be like I think will also help you to attract the right people yes and allow everything to flow a lot better rather yeah. than just oh yeah let's hire the first person that we see or that student that we had on placement just because oh well we don't have to pay them for training because they already know where the microwave is
0: yeah <laughs> most definitely that is so true i'm so glad you brought that up because yeah i think that's often people employ or out of fear because they're worried that oh we're not going to find you know you're never going to find a unicorn but you Mm. know i've always been a big believer about quality over quantity and always making sure that your staff yeah your staff's values align with yours and that of the business because if you've got that you've got a staff member for life really yeah and you're not going to be pushing a rock up a hill because their beliefs are different to yours and they're just going to keep pushing back so that is great great advice Mm -hmm. so of course you were just talking about finding it hard to let go and get other people to do stuff and you're talking about your other ep how you know she works part-time she only works you know nine to five doesn't work outside hours so my next question is how are you managing work-life balance and I don't like using the term because yeah. I'm a big believer that when you're a business owner you're never really working a day in your life because you're doing what you love to do but we all know that you've got to have that downtime. you've got to have that time to step away and go okay not going to do any work-related stuff I'm going to do stuff for me personal stuff so what how do you manage that
1: um yeah so we have we've had some conversations was the main thing that first happens so my lovely EP is called Ash and so Ash and I sat down and I gave her a heads up what I wanted her to talk about and think about and I'm like where do you want to be in terms of how much do you want to be working what times do you want to be working I was like I need you to do some out of hours so when do you want to do that and so and she thought of options that hadn't even occurred to me because yes. she wanted to do mornings but mornings are my worst nightmare um yeah that I am not good at mornings I don't <laughs> get up out of bed at all um and so she was very happy with that and it had just never occurred to me so like she's driven that she came to me the other day being like oh someone was really asking about out of hours group classes and I thought we could do an early morning while well, I was like done let's do it so like yeah. Me learning to ask what she wants and getting her to drive it is what mm. I'm hoping is going to make that really stick in a longevity kind of way. And for her to feel like she can come and talk to me
0: mm. with
1: that. Um, so she is like, yep, yeah, I'd rush my other do early mornings and go home. Yeah, I never yeah. want to do that. That's awful. Um, I take off the Tuesday after Monday public holiday um, to give myself an extra long weekend. Awesome. Close to as possible. We do have a double assist on a Tuesday, so I have to come in for half an hour. Um, but I get, yeah. <laughs> I get most of the day to myself, which helps. And that means that if I've forgotten to book an actual holiday or I haven't got around to it, I'm still getting that little bit extra downtime. Um, And from next month, I'm also taking a half day on Wednesdays off either to do nothing or to work on the business. I'm not sure yet. I'm looking at moving towards 0.8 of client time. Because while I, in theory, I really agree with you about that you never work a day in your life. Mm. Our work is also, or can be, not always, our work can be really exhausting. Oh, yeah. If we're not making sure that we're filling our own cup, making time, and that's what I found yeah. happening with COVID, because everything that I was doing to fill my own cup shut down, I was very fortunate that the business did quite well, and so it expanded to the nature of a vacuum. It filled all those times, and suddenly yeah. I was like, "Oh my god, when can I go dancing? When can <laughs> I see my friends? When can I?" Suddenly, couldn't do any of the things that I was doing because I'd let the business creep.
0: yeah yeah,
1: and that is what has led me to be much closer to burnout than I would like to be and so now I'm like no no we're pulling it back we're clawing it back we're making sure that we're doing those sorts of things so they're the things that I'm doing at the moment so we'll do an experiment see how Wednesday mornings go and if they go well we'll do that if it doesn't go well I'll pick a different time and we'll try that see how it's all
0: trial and error isn't
1: it <laughs> yeah but just making decisions to do it and just just booking it in the calendar yeah I, d- I just did it because if I didn't do it we would have people booked in then already for next month yeah I would totally like, oh now I can't because I don't want to let that person do- not nah, too bad I just first <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sometimes otherwise you'll go mad so okay Awesome. So
0: what's the future hold for your business? Do you still have ideas you want to implement or programs you're wanting to run? What is it that you're planning to do in the next 12, 18 months?
1: Yeah, well, we, in the last few months, my dog has become a therapy dog. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like, want to do that. <laughs> yeah, she's very cute. So I did, I did like a course and got her qualified as a therapy dog um and everything like that so that's a whole new adjustment as well as getting her in there so our next six to 12 months is very much solidifying the clinic finding a really happy medium for me and all the staff of where we're really happy and functioning really well before we will we will need to hire another ep um because we just do. Yeah. Um we just run our stuff. Eventually I still love the idea of doing a multi d clinic and having really like minded values driven, you know, dietitian, psychologist, I don't know, <laughs> yoga, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. really accessible sort of stuff in a space. I love that idea. Mm. Um that idea is probably still quite far away because you know, money. <laughs> well, yeah. You
0: have to get bigger um, space, don't you, if you're going to fit in all these extra people.
1: You need bigger space. You need more equipment. You need to pay wages. You need all yeah. those sorts of things. So, um, yeah, very much a consolidation and getting around to all the things that haven't been gotten around to. Yeah. Is the current plan. And then it'll be the, okay, cool, what's next? Um, so, yeah, so the therapy dog thing is a big thing for us. Um and we do, uh, yeah, so like I said, I'm a size-inclusive, weight-neutral clinic. So that's the sort of stuff that we do with that sort of stuff. And, yeah, just working with more people. I don't think I have any specific programs I'd like
0: No, to do. I A awesome.
1: specific PD that I want us to do. <laughs> yeah, Never-ending of PD. I'm doing some, uh, we did some big motivational interviewing stuff this year. I'm going to a pain thing this year. We're trying to brush up on our Auslan to be a bit more accessible.
0: Oh, that's awesome!
1: Yeah, it's called. Cool. Would recommend to anyone out there. Um, yeah, even just to be able to say hi. My name is. What's your name? And to be able to fingerspell the alphabet, you can get you can get through a lot of stuff with that. Um, yeah, just yeah, makes a big difference. Um, and yeah, like they're probably. Oh, and we want to do like neurodivergent affirming training and really try to work on that and I've done some lgbtq plus training but getting around to implementing all the things so my next task is out our client intake sheet needs a huge overhaul totally really great really awesome and making the space as inclusive as we can is probably the next 12 months and then awesome we'll go from there
0: sounds amazing well thank you so much for coming in and sharing your journey it was so interesting as I said you're the first person i've had come in and who actually took a business over from someone else and made it their own so i'm hoping that the listeners um have yeah taken on board any advice you've given because i feel like you've given us some real gems there especially um you know around yeah taking over someone else's business and you know talking about close to burnout Mm. And things like that. So thank you so much for sharing. So before we wind up, just want to share your business name and where people can find you online.
1: Yeah. So I moved to live exercise physiology. Uh so we have a Facebook page. Um yeah. we actually don't have a website for people who stress about being on all the social medias <laughs> because Partially because I'm just really lazy and I don't want to make a website. Uh, but also because, you know, I think that if you do one thing well, that'll be good. And so that's our Facebook page. Yeah. You can follow me on Instagram, which is just at Meredith Woolsey. Um, but I, it's mainly photos of my garden and my dog. <laughs> 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 uh, but you, can, you can follow my dog on Instagram. Oh, right. McDuff. Duff. Uh, and so her um, her handle is lead.on.mcduff. <laughs> uh, so if you want to follow her on Instagram, you can. Um, and, you know, you can connect with me on LinkedIn and all that sort of stuff like that as well. And you can see what we're all about. I'm always happy to have coffee catch-ups or virtual coffee catch-ups with people. And, oh,
0: amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on. And I again, like I said... First EP I have not
1: met. <laughs> well, it was lovely to meet you and thank you for having me on. Now you've got one more person in your little connection circle. I do. I know someone in South Australia. There you know.
0: <laughs> lovely. Thank you again for joining me. Thank you. You have been listening to the Authentic Healthpreneur Podcast. To ensure you don't miss an episode, remember to subscribe. If you are enjoying this series, please leave us a review. If after listening to this podcast episode, you feel inspired to start or transform your own health business, come join our free Facebook group, Authentic Healthpreneurs. Search Authentic Healthpreneurs in the Facebook groups. In this group, you will find free resources, webinars and other events to help propel your business forward and succeed. It is a beautiful community of like-minded female health practitioners who support and uplift one another and celebrate our successes together. If you need help with starting or growing your health business, be sure to check out my website, AuthenticHealthPreneurs.com. Here you will find more information on the one-on-one coaching services and online training programs that I offer. I would love to support and guide you to live your life purpose and see you succeed in business. If you are not sure what help you need, then be sure to book in for a free business strategy session with myself. You will find the link in the website.